بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد Honored ulama, respected elders, brothers, mothers and sisters, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. We thank and we praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for continuously cherishing us with countless bounties on a daily basis. We make shukr for all the bounties that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continuously favors upon us so that inshallah Allah will continue favoring us every single day. On this beautiful day of Jumu'ah, we send salutations and greetings to the best of creation, the best to have surfaced the earth, the best of messengers, none other than Nabiyuna Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ala ali Muhammad, kama sallayta ala Ibrahima wa ala ali Ibrahima innaka hamidun majid. Today, I address you regarding a particular disorder and the reason why we are calling it a disorder. Inshallah, we're going to highlight in a few moments. It's such a disorder that has plagued the global community. It has not only plagued our homes nor our communities, but it has plagued different parts of the world and almost every family in the world in one way or another. And what we speak of today is called depression or also known as major depressive disorder. And the reason why we are calling it firstly a disorder is because it is medically proven to be a sickness. It is not merely just an emotion or a feeling that a person has, which is the notion that many of us carry, the idea that many of us carry, that when a person says he or she is depressed, and we often say to that person that, okay, maybe you're going through a rough patch, maybe you just need a little bit of a pick-me-up, maybe you need a hug, maybe you need to listen to a joke and you'll feel better. But depression goes far beyond that. Depression is a common and serious medical illness that negatively affects how you feel, the way you think, and the way that you act. Fortunately, it is something that is treatable. And inshallah, by the end of today's discourse, we will have a few methods to help cure depression and to help deal with depression, not for only for our personal lives, but something that we can pass on to the next person whom we know is going through any kind of depression or these kind of anxieties or feelings. When it comes to the causes of depression, there is no one pinpointed cause of depression. Rather, it is something that there are underlying factors or contributing factors that cause a person to feel in particular ways. And these factors involve obviously both medical and emotional aspects. When we look at the medical aspect, then research has shown that when you look at the biological difference among people, people with depression appear to have physical changes in their brain. And the significance of these changes is still uncertain but may eventually pinpoint and help and point one of the causes of depression. When we look at brain chemistry, we're going to go into a little bit of a biology lesson, but inshallah we'll sum it up in, an, in a simpler version as well. Neurotransmitters are naturally occurring brain chemicals that likely play a role in depression. And recent research indicates that changes in the function and effect of these neurotransmitters and how they interact with neurocircuits 
involved in maintaining mood stability may play a significant role in depression and its treatment. In a simpler version, our brains have a certain chemical balance. And when that chemical balance has some sort of instability, when an imbalance comes about in the chemistry of the brain, then that's when we find a person going through a mood instability. And this is one of the causes of depression. Hence, qualifying our initial statement that depression is a medical disorder and not just merely a feeling. We know also when it comes to hormones, changes in a person's hormones is something that affects a person's mood and also something that can cause depression. And research has also shown depression to have inherited traits, something that can be passed on via generations or something that may be common in a person's family. And this is something that could also be a cause of depression. When we look at the factors that increase depression, and the reason why we are mentioning all of this is not only to familiarize ourselves with the seriousness of this particular disorder, but also to help us help other people as well. Because we may know someone, as we're going through all of these factors and as we're explaining and describing exactly what depression is, perhaps someone comes to our mind and we think of that person that, you know, when I walked past him the other day, I didn't think of anything. He just looked a little bit down. He just looked like he was having a rough day. And maybe when we go into that person's life and we try to assist that person, obviously there are many things that uncover itself. Certain personality traits, such as a low self-esteem, being too dependent perhaps on another individual, is something that can increase a person's depression. Sometimes a person is very self-critical. They always feel that they're never good enough, whether it be as a student, whether it be as a worker, whether it be as a child or a parent, we feel that I'm never good enough and we become very pessimistic and this is something that can often lead to many anxieties. Perhaps a person experienced some traumatic or stressful event in their life, maybe physical abuse, sexual abuse, anything that may be revol revolving around abuse, the death or loss of a near and dear one, a difficult relationship and obviously there is financial problems. Financial depression is something that inshallah we'll touch on toward the end of today's discussion. Along with many other things such as a history of other mental health disorders is something that can contribute and increase a person's depression. A serious or chronic illness, maybe a person just got the bad news that you've been afflicted with cancer, you, 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 you've got some sort of uh, chronic illness. That is something that can also interfere and there is something that can create that instability that we were speaking of earlier and that is something that can obviously lead to depression. When we see the complications that arise from a person who is depressed, and this is, this is something quite serious, a person who is depressed, obviously if he or she is not going to find or not trying to find any kind of solution to help cure the problem, then there are many other complications that can arise, such as a person picking up excess weight, Maybe a person becomes obese and we know that that is one of the main causes of heart disease and diabetes today. A person starts to suffer from pain of other physical illnesses. This person now resorts to, toward alcohol or drug misuse. This particular person experiences lots of anxiety and panic disorder and he or she even goes up to an extent of having social phobia. 
where they are now afraid to be in social circles. They prefer to rather stay at home behind closed doors, behind closed curtains, just to themselves, and they fear interaction with other people. This is a very great, a grave complication that can arise from depression. A depressed person is not only affecting or is not only affected by him or herself, but rather the people in that person's circle are also affected. A person can go through family conflicts due to one person's depression. So many arguments can arise, many fights can start, many wars can start just because or based on the feelings or on the, the, the depression of one particular individual. A person may experience work problems or school problems, whatever it may be. We've mentioned the social isolation and the grave nature of it. And finally, or rather penultimately, we mentioned something called self-mutilation, where a person starts to actually cut themselves. And this is a problem that is being ex experienced not only in high schools, but to the extent of children in primary schools as well. Just now during the week, I heard of an incident of a young girl in grade five or grade six, which is maybe a 10-year-old or 11-year-old girl who is actually self-mutilating herself. She is cutting herself. Now, as an adult, we think to ourselves that what on earth can an 11-year-old be going through? What kind of stress or what kind of problems can a 10-year-old or an 11-year-old child be going through? We often think as adults that only once we pass the threshold of university, that's when the real problems start. Only once we pass the threshold of working in a particular company for X amount of years, that's when the problems start. Or once we pass the threshold of a certain amount of years of being married, that's when the problems start. No. Problems can come as early as ages of 10 and maybe even younger than that. As an adult, we need to ensure that we don't undermine the issues that a teenager or a youngster or a young child may be going through. And obviously, the final complication that arises from a person who is undergoing depression and what we would call the last straw and something that is on a continuous rise and obviously depression being one of the main causes of it is suicide. Suicidal thoughts, suicidal attempts and suicide itself. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from such thoughts and from going through such kind of patches. Now that we've explored exactly what depression is and also to also a brief extent it is now time to go through the different cures that we as muslims are very fortunate to say that it comes from islam cures and coping mechanisms that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches us in quran that rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam teaches us in the illuminated and beautiful sunnah as a depressed person or as a person who may know a depressed person to assist them we follow rule number one and that is return to the drawing board to familiarize ourselves with the fundamentals of our beautiful deen where we reinforce our knowledge when it comes in our belief in taqdeer we as youngsters as young children would utter the statement amantu billahi that I believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I believe in the scriptures that Allah has revealed. I believe in the angels that Allah has. I believe in the messengers that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent. 
I believe in the final day of Qiyamah, the final day of judgment, and I believe in resurrection, and I believe in Qadr, I believe in Taqdeer, I believe in fate, in decree. Whether it be good, whether it be evil, I know that that is something that is coming from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and something that Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala is solely in control of. We need to reinforce our belief system with the ayah of Quran. La nafsan illa wus'aha. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not assign the responsibility of anything upon a person unless it is something that he or she can bear. Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala will not give us any kind of difficulty or any kind of event in our lives that is something that is too much for our shoulders to carry. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows our capacity better than we know our own capacity. Secondly, we need to realize that our physical bodies have a right over us. Ummul Mu'mineen Sayyidatuna Aisha radiallahu anha mentions that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is reported to have said, وَإِنَّ لِنَفْسِكَ عَلَيْكَ حَقَّ that your bodies, your lives, your souls, yourselves have a right over you. Fasum wa So sometimes fast, obviously referring to voluntary fasts. Sometimes fast and other times don't fast. Eat and enjoy from the bounties of Allah. Wasalli wanam. Sometimes you perform salah, other times you sleep during the night as well. Taking care of our physical bodies begins with eating in a nutritious way. And this is a command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as well. Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu, kulu min tayyibati ma razaqnaakum. Allah did not say that, O oh believers, eat whatever you want. Allah said, eat from the purest of things that we have sustained you with. Eat from the wholesome food, eat from the good food that we have produced and that we have sustained you with. Ibn Rajab rahimahullah reports that classical Arab doctors would say, Alhamiyatu ra'su dawa wal bitnatu ra'su da Alhamiyatu ra'su dawa wal bitnatu ra'su da that eating correctly eating in a nutritious way is the foundation of all medicine whilst gluttony and overeating is the foundation of all illness Sayyiduna Umar radiyallahu anhu expressed it very beautifully by saying to the people that were in front of him. Ayyuhan nas, O people, Iyyakum wal bitnata min al-ta'am. Be wary, be careful, be cautious of gluttony and of overeating. Fa'innaha maksalatun anis salah. Because it is something that causes laziness and lethargy in a person's salah. Mufsidatun lil jasad. It is something that harms your body. Muwarrithatun lil saqam. It is something that inherits illness and inherits disease and sickness. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala detests a person who may be regarded as intelligent, who may be regarded as pious, but he is someone who overindulges, overeats, and he is overweight. However, be moderate in your eating. Be moderate in that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sustained you with. فَإِنَّهُ أَدْنَى مِنَ الْإِصْلَاحِ Because this is something that will bring you closest towards self-righteousness. وَأَبْعَدُ مِنَ السَّرَفِ It is something that will distance you from extravagance. وَأَقْوَى عَلَىٰ عِبَادَةِ اللَّهِ It is something that will feed you with strength and nourish you with strength 
when it comes to worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَإِنَّهُ لَيَهْلِكَ عَبْدٌ حَتَّى يُؤْثَرَ شَهْوَتَهُ عَلَى دِينِهِ And no person will experience any kind of trauma or difficulty or any kind of punishment except that he had given in to his desire over his religious duties and his religion. In addition to eating, we should ensure that we also get a good rest in sleeping. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَجَعَلْنَا نَوْمَكُمْ سُبَانْتًا And we have made your sleeping a means of rest for you. Now, a person may say that I sleep for six hours, seven hours, ten hours a day. I even have an afternoon nap. But I can never ever seem to get rest. I never feel re-energized or refreshed when I wake up. And this is because we may have slept for a long while, but the rest that we accumulated in that sleep may have been very little. So resting can come from the quality of sleep, not from the quantity of sleep. Secondly, research so shows that the most rest a person can get during sleep is if he or she sleeps between the hours of 10 and 2 o'clock in the morning. Many of us will stay up until 2 o'clock and then we only, go back to, we only go to bed, often missing the Salatul Fajr and we only wake up when the sun is staring us in the face. And this is every day of the week. It's not just uh, restricted or reserved for a Sunday where we wish to get in those extra hours of sleep, but to sleep in a way that we can get rest. And obviously, this is linked to sleeping in the sunnah way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. To sleep on our right hand side, to sleep with our hand beneath our cheek. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has issued warning upon warning not to sleep in the posture and position of shaitan, which is sleeping on our stomach. Many a time if you sleep on your stomach, you'll wake up, you'll feel that you weren't rested enough because that is a position of shaitan as described by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Another way that we can help deal with depression is to be an optimistic individual, to be positive, to think not only positive in the things that happen in your life, but to think positively of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions in a hadith Qudsi where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ana inda dhanni abdi bi. I act according to the way my servant thinks of me. I act according to the way my servant thinks of me. In khayran falahu. If he thinks good of me, if he thinks of me to be the kind Allah, the merciful Allah, the forgiving Allah, the giving Allah, then I will be merciful to him. I will show forgive, I will grant forgiveness to him. I will give him what his heart desires within the parameters of Sharia and Deen. Wa in sharran falahu. And if he thinks if he thinks something negative about me and he always has negative thoughts about me, then only difficulty will come to this person. A convenient way toward curing depression is not to allow any grief that we experience intrinsically show itself off externally as well. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam suffered for the cause of Islam more than any of us. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam had suffered in his own personal life as well different tragedies and different, of, different types of trauma from losing loved ones, from being born without a father, being born as an orphan child, to losing his beloved mother at the tender age of six, to losing his grandfather at the age of eight, to being recognized as Al-Ameen, the most trustworthy and most reliable person in Makkah Mukarramah. Yet when he brings the message of Tawheed and the message of Deen, the people call him a madman, the people call him a liar, they call him a magician. Imagine how people have one notion about you and the next second they turn the coin upside down. 
Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam buried his sons when they were in infancy as well. Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam loses his beloved wife Sayyidatuna Khadija radhiyallahu anha in the same year that he loses his beloved uncle Abu Talib who unfortunately did not accept the shahada. Imagine the loving relative that you have, the loving blood that you have at that point is on his deathbed and he does not take shahada. The feeling that Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam had at that point it was such a grieving and sad year for Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam that that year became known as Amul Huzn, the year of sadness and the year of grief. From enduring pain to enduring hunger to enduring the torture of the people of Taif throwing stones at him. Yet, what did his companion Abdullah ibn al-Harith radiyallahu anhu say? مَا رَأَيْتُ أَحَدًا أَكْثَرَ تَبَسُّمًا مِنْ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ In my life, I have never seen any individual smile more than the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم. So, to keep our feelings, or rather to, to, to stop our feelings and our grief from showing itself off externally, this is from the teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as well. Even if we ourselves are not depressed, we are taught by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, لا تحقرن من المعروف شيئا ولو أن تلقى أخاك بوجه طليق that do not belittle any good action, even if it is to meet your next brother with a smiling countenance. And what is the wisdom behind that? Perhaps the brother that you meet is someone that is going through depression, is someone that is going through a rough patch, and your smile on that day just happened to make him feel a little bit better about things. That is the wisdom behind it. On a general note, there are a few more uh, uh, steps and methods that we can help use to cure depression. We'll inshallah try and go through it as quickly as possible. On a general note, we are encouraged by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to be with good and noble company. Sayyiduna Abu Musa al-Ash'ari radiallahu anhu reports that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that good company and noble company can be compared to a person who sells musk. An evil company, bad company can be compared to a blacksmith. So if you go to a person selling musk, you can purchase some musk from him or when you go to him, maybe he'll give you a little bit of a tester and you'll come out smelling nice. And even if you don't, just being in the company of that musk seller, you will enjoy the fragrance that is coming and Im being emitted from him. But if you go to a... That is the, the similitude and the example of being in good company. That even if that good company doesn't give you anything, just being close to that person, just being in proximity with that person can be beneficial for you. But on the other hand, going to a blacksmith, a person who's always busy, busy with fire, he's melting copper, he's melting iron. You got to watch out just now he burns you or he burns your clothing. Even if he doesn't do that, just being in his company, that smell of that iron burning or that copper burning is not something that is wanted or desired by us. That is the example so beautifully given by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa of both good company and bad company. So we need to keep with good company at all times, people who are positive, people who will advise us, people who will keep us and help keep us upon the Sirat al-Mustaqeem. When our happiness depends upon material gain, upon the materialistic items of the world, then we are bound to be disappointed. Because everything has an expiration date on this earth. Everything is going to perish. Everything will die. Everything will expire. So if our happiness is attached to something from the world, then our happiness itself is going to be temporary. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Ta'isa abdud dinari wa dirham. That... Wretched is the slave of the dinar and the dirham. Wretched is the slave of the rand and the dollar. 
Wretched is the slave of the person who is always after fancy and flashy garments and he is after fine clothing. If he is given, then he is pleased. But if he is refused, if he is not given, he becomes displeased with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In order to help cure yourself from financial depression, which has become the modern day poverty, that amidst, influ amidst affluence, there is no joy. The first step is to recognize the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the sustainer. By having this type of a recognition, the fluctuation of the market, the drop in the dollar, the tricks of the competitor, nothing will affect you. The narration of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to Abu Dhar radiallahu anhu is so satisfying. Ya Abu Dhar, atara anna kathrat al-mali huwa al-ghina? Oh Abu Dhar, do you think that the acquisition of abundant wealth is something that is going to give you contentment? That contentment is the contentment of the heart. And true poverty is when a person continuously feels poor even if he has the world at his feet. That person who has contentment of heart, who has peace of heart and mind, then nothing will afflict him from the dunya and from the tribulations that may come to him. We end off with the incident of Sayyidina Abu Umama radiallahu an. As he is seated in the masjid, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam comes to him and says, Oh Abu Umama, I find you in the masjid at the time when it is not salah. It is an, uh, an awkward time. What brings you to the masjid at this point? Oh Nabi of Allah, I'm going through a trouble, troubling patch in my life. I've got debts that I need to pay. I've got a lot of anxiety and depression. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Shall I teach you a dua that can help remove your depression and cure your debts? Abu Umama radiallahu anhu says, Bala ya Rasulullah, definitely. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Every morning and every evening read the following dua. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-hammi wal-huzn. Oh Allah, protect me from grief and from depression. Wa a'udhu bika min al-ajzi wal-kasl. Protect me from incapability and from laziness. Wa a'udhu bika, wa a'udhu bika min, Allah. And protect me from being a coward and protect me from miserliness. And protect me from, the, from, uh, from, from oppressive people and from falling into any debts. Abu Umama radiallahu an says that I followed the command of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and in no time my depression was gone and my debts were paid. Finally, I end off with the following words. That many a time when we are going through a rough patch and when we are going through some depressing moments, we feel as if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not on my side. That why is Allah doing this to me? Why is Allah singling me out? I don't see my friends going through this. Then I end off with these words. Having Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by your side does not mean sailing on an ocean without waves. Rather, it means sailing in a ship that no storm can destroy. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from this disorder of depression. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala take us from all our troubles. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us ease and prosperity in this worldly life. And more so in akhirah. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad. Allah Akbar Allah Akbar Allah Akbar
أشهد أن لا أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن محمد رسول علي الذات عظيم الصفات سمي السمات كبير الشان جليل القدر رفيع الذكر مطاع الأمر جلي البرهان فخيم الاسم غزير العلم وسيع الحلم كثير الغفران جميل الثناء جزيل العطاء مجيب الدعاء عميم الإحسان سريع الحساب شديد العقاب أليم العذاب عزيز السلطان 
ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له في الخلق والأمر ونشهد أن سيدنا ومولانا محمدًا عبده ورسوله المبعوث إلى الأسود والأحمر المنعوت بشرح الصدر ورفع الذكر وصلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه الذين هم خلاصة العرب العرباء وخير الخلائق بعد الأنبياء أما بعد فيا أيها الناس وحدوا الله فإن التوحيد رأس الطاعات واتقوا الله فإن التقوى ملاك الحسنات وعليكم بالسنة فإن السنة تهدي إلى الإطاعة ومن أطاع الله ورسوله فقد رشد واهتدى وإياكم والبدعة فإن البدعة تهدي إلى المعصية ومن يعص الله ورسوله فقد ضل وغوى وعليكم بالصدق فإن الصدق ينجي والكذب يهلك وعليكم بالإحسان فإن الله يحب المحسنين ولا تقنطوا من رحمة الله فإنه أرحم الراحمين ولا تحب الدنيا فتكونوا من الخاسرين ألا وإن نفسا لن تموت حتى تستكمل رزقها فاتقوا الله وأجملوا في الطلب وتوكلوا عليه فإن الله يحب المتوكلين ودعوه فإن ربكم مجيب الداعين واستغفروه يمددكم بأموال وبنين أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وقال ربكم ادعوني أستجب لكم إن الذين يستكبرون عن عبادتي سيدخلون جهنم داخرين الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدًا عبده ورسوله أرسله بالحق بشيرًا ونذيرًا بين يدي الساعة من يطع الله ورسوله فقد رشد ومن يعصهما فإنه لا يضر إلا نفسه ولا يضر الله شيئا أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد عبدك ورسولك وصل على المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات وبارك على محمد وأزواجه وذريته وعن أنس بن مالك رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أرحم أمتي بأمتي أبو بكر وأشدهم في أمر الله عمر وأصدقهم حياء عثمان وفي رواية معمر عن قتادة مرسلا وأقضاهم علي وأفرضهم زيد بن ثابت وأقرأهم أبي بن كعب وأعلمهم بالحلال والحرام معاذ بن جبل ولكل أمة أمين وأمين هذه الأمة أبو عبيدة بن الجراح رواه أحمر الترمذي وعن ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم اغفر للعباس وولده مغفرة ضائعة وباطنة لا تغادر ذنبا اللهم احفظه في ولده رواه الترمذي وعن عبد الله بن مغفل رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الله الله في أصحابي الله الله في أصحابي لا تتخذوهم غرضا من بعدي فمن أحبهم فبحبي أحبهم ومن أبغضهم فببغضي أبغضهم ومن آذاهم فقد آذاني ومن آذاني فقد آذى الله ومن آذى الله فيوشك أن يأخذه رواه الترمذي ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم 
ربكم لعلكم تذكرون فاذكروني أذكركم واشكروا لي ولا تكفرون قوموا لله قانتين Kindly sit in a sofa and show me standing shoulder to shoulder. Allahu Akbar. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. Maliki Yawmiddin. إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين إهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ونضلين والضحى والليل إذا سجى ما ودعك ربك وما قنى وللآخرة خير لك من الأولى ولسوف يعطيك ربك فترضى ألم يجدك يتيما فآوى ووجدك ضالا فهدى ووجدك عائلا فأغنى فأما اليتيم فلا تقهر وأما السائل فلا تنهر وأما بنعمة رب Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar 
الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين إهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين ألم نشرح لك صدرك ووضعنا عنك وزرك الذي أنقض ظهرك ورفعنا لك ذكرك فإن مع العسر يسرا إن مع العسر يسرا فإذا فرغت فانصب وإلى ربك فارغب الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير اللهم لا مانع لما أعطيت ولا معطي لما منعت ولا ينفع ذا الجد منك الجد ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار اللهم إنا نعوذ بك من الهم والحزن ونعوذ بك من العجز والكسل ونعوذ بك من الجبن والبخل ونعوذ بك من غلبة الدين وقهر الرجال اللهم اسقنا غيثا مغيثا مريئا مريعا نافعا غير ضار عاجلا غير آجل 
اللهم إنا نسألك الغيث ولا تجعلنا من القانطين اللهم صيبا نافعا اللهم صيبا نافعا اللهم إنا نسألك الجنة وما قرب إليها من قول وعمل ونعوذ بك من النار وما قرب إليها من قول وعمل اللهم أنت السلام ومنك السلام تباركت يا ذا الجلال والإكرام سمعنا وأطعنا غفرانك ربنا وإليك المصير برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين We'd like to inform our brothers that inshallah tomorrow at the Marcus in Crown Mines there is a program that's going to be held for all professionals from after Asr Salah until Isha Salah. Brothers are requested to participate so that we may take benefit. Jazakumullah khair.